0: when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, MyPillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and
1: smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that?
0: Well, we took MyPillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented MyPillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that my pillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side. Well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature regulating thread.
2: And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone.
3: Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. I think censorship, the abuse of artificial intelligence, and fake news are the three greatest dangers to the country. When it comes to fake news, nobody's news is faker than Ari Melber, the legal analyst at MSNBC. Ari Melber is a strange, twisted little man Uh, who for well over two years insisted falsely that I was a Russian intelligence asset or that I had collaborated with WikiLeaks uh, in the Russian collusion, which, well, never actually happened. Only weeks ago, uh, Melbourne recycled the false testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, a former aide to uh, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who perjured herself uh, before the January 6th committee when she said it was uh, her belief uh, that President Donald Trump had directed Mark Meadows to call me and General Michael Flynn on January 5th. And it was her impression that that walk call was uh, completed. Uh, Liz Cheney very helpfully said the purpose of the call was to, quote, find out what was going to happen on January 6th. Let me be as clear as I can. I said it then. I say it yet again. No such call ever took place. Uh, And as far as the further comments of Cassidy Hutchison, that Meadows was to attend a meeting in a war room at the Willard Hotel, but later decided not to and got briefed on the meeting by Stone and Flynn. Well, that's a lie, too. If there was a war room in the Willard Hotel, I was never in it and knew nothing about it, four different sources have confirmed for The Washington Post, of all people, that I was not involved in any way in the post-election efforts to delay the certification of the Electoral College. Uh, If Ari Melber or his researchers did any iota uh, scintilla of research, they would know that I had said all these things and at least represented my point of view, but that's really not their goal. Uh, And then last night, they ran this little gem.
0: Did you speak to President Trump on his private cell phone on either January 5th or
2: January
3: 6th? Uh, Once again, on advice of counsel, I will assert my Fifth Amendment right to respectfully decline to answer your question.
1: Let's walk through in plain English what we just saw there. The second clip is of a defendant, Roger Stone, who we've heard so much about, basically saying that to truthfully answer whether they spoke that day, him and the then loser of the 2020 election, outgoing President Trump, if he admitted or spoke about whether they had that contact, that could implicate him in a crime. That's not good, but as we've said, it's also his right in that kind of proceeding to invoke the Fifth Amendment. that would go to him not wanting to say it. If there is enough phone data swirling around that Jack Smith has of the president's phone or phones the president's used, or Roger Stone and others, they may be able to prove up that question in court without Stone's testimony. On the
3: speculation, all of it
1: false. First of all, uh, yes, I elected
3: to uh, assert my Fifth Amendment rights to all of the questions asked by the January 6th committee. Here's how it works: you can't pick and choose. If you elect to assert your Fifth Amendment rights because, well, you see that the committee is a political witch hunt. There's no Trump supporters on the committee. They're pursuing a false narrative and they have a history of twisting what you say into a perjury crime. I elected to fulfill my legal obligations by appearing, but asserting my Fifth Amendment right. But there you see the sleight of hand by this slime ball, where he implies that that specific answer addresses the claim yesterday uh that jack smith the special counsel had obtained donald trump's cell phone and and the information from one other individual the conjecture by mr melber is uh that that person is me here's the problem it is not uh the uh the uh the truth of the matter is that i had no communications by telephone or any other means with President Donald Trump or any member of his staff on January 5th or 6th. Ari Melber is just making stuff up. Here to help me break this down uh, is Troy Smith, the editor-at-large at at rare.us. Troy, welcome uh, to the Stone Zone.
2: Roger, we have our work cut out for us today dissecting the lies of Ari Melber on MSNBC. Uh, I was lucky enough to speak to your lawyer and, and to you uh, to write a piece for Rare about this and to talk about kind of deconstructing the lies on top of lies, Roger. And that's got to be the toughest thing for you is that we sit here. And we we go through articles about Ari Melber, and and we've covered this before, where he's put up false uh, statements, even edited footage with AI and things like that. And then he builds his case on his own lies, and it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And the the salacious uh, nature of what he's saying kind of gets more extreme and extreme as time goes on here. So we really have our work cut out for us today debunking uh, what was said last night on MSNBC. Pretty disgraceful.
3: Yeah, do we have the video of the longer of the entire clip? Okay, all right. Uh, To put this in context, uh, evidently there was a filing yesterday, as I say, that Jack Smith has somehow obtained the cell phone of Donald Trump, and he evidently therefore knows uh, who Trump did or did not speak to on the 6th or whether he used the phone to go to social media. None of this has anything whatsoever to do with me. Interestingly enough, my cell phone wasn't working on January 6th. I assume that it was jammed along with many other people. Uh, But I can say definitively that I had no communications with Donald Trump, the president, uh, or any member of the White House staff, including Mark Meadows, uh, on either the 5th or the 6th. In fact, when I went back and looked at it, uh, I saw Donald Trump on uh, I guess it would have been December 28th of the previous year. And then I did not have any communication with him again until March 15th of the following year. That was right after my wife uh, successfully finished her cancer treatments and President Trump kindly invited us to visit him at mar lago So uh, all of this is a canard, a, a fraud. It is a uh, part and parcel of the way uh, Ari Melbourne does business. Uh, He did the same thing to Mike Flynn, by the way, uh, taking one of Flynn's answers to a question. Again, you have no choice. You can't answer some questions and not answer others. If on the advice of counsel, uh, you elect to assert your Fifth Amendment rights, which cannot and is not read as an admission of guilt, even though Ari Melber, who's a lawyer and knows better, tries to imply otherwise, then you must use the privilege in all questions that are opposed to you. By just pulling out that one question, the purpose was to assert that I uh, avoided a question specifically regarding this new development by Smith. Uh, It's it's a lie. Uh, I guess what really bothered me the most here, however, it's a cheap shot, is why does he refer to me in the TV report as a defendant? I'm not currently a defendant in any action.
2: Well, it's pretty unbelievable, Roger, because I think it speaks to what we're talking about here. He's building a case on his own kind of false accusations as we move along here. Uh, You're not a defendant. um, and, And the idea that he could come out and say, well, maybe this anonymous person that they've also obtained the phone records of, maybe that's Roger Stone and that makes him a defendant. Well, you're not a defendant. And when I spoke to your lawyer, he said, you're not a defendant in any current proceeding. And, uh, you know, I think it speaks to what is going on at MSNBC, Roger. You know, we have a lot of people who are posing as journalists. And it's really sad because if you watch MSNBC even 10 years ago, I mean, I I think uh, Tucker Carlson worked for MSNBC at one point. I mean, it, it has become kind of the democratic machine, it's, I would compare it to where CNN was kind of in 2016, where they're really carrying the message of the DNC and things of that nature. So uh, it, it speaks to the level of of the hypocrisy and, and the, the slanted nature of what they're doing, because they've kind of said you're guilty without any factual evidence. And then they even attribute things and statements to you that you never even made. And And keep in mind, Roger, I think this is the most important thing for people to understand. Without Elon Musk reinstating you on Twitter, you would not even have an avenue to respond to these people, which is probably the scariest part of this whole thing. The plan, folks, for, so all of you understand was at home, was to silence Roger, to silence people like Alex Jones, to silence these people so that Ari Melber and the talking heads of MSNBC could make up whatever narrative they wanted. And then when somebody like me comes along, they, they do everything in their power to cancel me and take away my reach and take away my viewership. And uh, that's that's how the game is played. And and the idea that it's only because Elon Musk purchased Twitter that you even have an avenue to respond to this is, is pretty alarming. And it speaks to where we're at as far as censorship going into 2024.
3: Yeah, I would uh, hope to run the longer clip. But the other irony here is of all the people they bring in as an expert witness is a guy named David Kelly. Now, David Kelly is the former federal prosecutor who took a giant, very lucrative conservatorship in return for giving Governor Chris Christie's brother a pass on an insider trading case in which every other person involved was charged. But Chris Christie's brother walked. Chris Christie, his brother and David Kelly should be charged. That's corruption. He used his power as U.S. attorney essentially to buy off a prosecutor. So to bring Kelly in to then speculate that this phone call must have come from Stone, That is uh, as irresponsible, I would say, defamatory. Uh, But the problem here, of course, is that under the laws of the United States, uh, thanks to Ari Melber and the clowns over at CNN, uh, I'm a public figure. uh, And the bar to sue them for defamation is extraordinarily high. I mean, trust me, I could go on Twitter every night and find some matter that i think is defamatory but your ability to successfully sue uh,
2: and to finance a lawsuit uh, well it's extremely limited well and it's it's a shame roger because i I, you know i go through this and i deal with a lot of the same syndicators that carry cnn and whatnot and you know if you say one thing that is construed as opinion um, about president biden you don't you don't mark it as opinion they come after you and and the, the standard for those that report the truth and are, are trying to cover things honestly is so much higher than for that of the people who are doing the bidding of the dnc. And I, I think it's important for people to know that the reason that they have made you this person who's guilty before you even are a defendant or are include you know there's no evidence whatsoever that you had contact with Donald Trump on January 6. And yet we've been dealing with this for five, six months, where Ari Melberg goes up there and he says that Trump was contacting you and you were some kind of point of contact for Oath Keepers. I think that's important for people uh, to hear, Roger, especially because just talking to you and doing this article, that was something that was kind of glaring. Can you describe uh, exactly what was the situation with the Oath Keepers that day, and and the thing about the security, because I think it's important for people to understand why your name keeps coming up with the Oath Keepers. Um, and I think if people knew the situation, they pretty much understand what was happening. To Washington D.C.
3: Uh, to speak at a legally permitted rally on January fifth, I did speak. Everything I said was appropriate. Unfortunately, the folks at YouTube have taken that video down. Uh, I tried to retain private security because, unfortunately, Washington, D.C., thanks to Antifa and other radicals uh, and just your garden variety left wing nuts, it's a very dangerous place for me to be. I sought to retain the off-duty D.C. police officers who provided security for my family and I during my trial, which is a perfectly legal and, uh, and ongoing process. But they were unavailable because of the events of January 6th. They were all working. I then tried to retain a private security firm uh, and there were none available. They were all uh, fully engaged. So the organizers of the event uh, offered uh, to have the Oath Keepers provide security uh, for me that day on a volunteer basis. They did so. That proves nothing whatsoever. That's called guilt by association. Now, they keep saying there were seven Oath Keepers in my Uh, security detail. Since it was cold and they were not allowed in the hotel because of the COVID restrictions, it was actually sleeting. Most of them were wearing ski masks. And to this day, I don't think I could tell you that all of their names. I do know the name of one, Joshua James. Yes, he was later charged and pled guilty to conspiracy. But he also testified under oath uh, in a sealed proceeding to the New York City Police Department in a departmental hearing that I had no advance notice and no involvement in the Oath Keepers event uh, activities uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, I've said this repeatedly, Mr. Melbourne could report it, but he chooses not to report it. That way to leave a fake narrative uh, in place. Just because I happen to know members of the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers doesn't prove anything. That's called guilt by association. Now, one has to presume that there were intensive investigations surrounding the Proud Boys. Several of them were charged and convicted uh, of seditious conspiracy. Uh, There was an intense investigation of the Oath Keepers. Several of them were uh, charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy. No evidence emerged from those trials that I was aware uh, or involved in any way in their plans. It's a smear. Look, I understand that Ari and his buddy Nick Ackerman the former Watergate prosecutor who knew all about the CIA's involvement in the Watergate break-in, but covered it up. I've got a new classified documents that prove that working on an article. Now, I understand they're bitter uh, that I escaped the deadly snare set for me by Adam Schiff uh, and the Mueller prosecutors, uh, but uh, this is reaching the point of defamation. and It really is uh, quite uh, annoying. I honestly think that Ari Melber has some weird obsession with me, Uh, and frankly, uh, Troy, I hope that he gets the psychiatric help that he needs, because this is getting pretty ridiculous.
2: I agree with you, Roger, and I think that uh, if if we really look at the bottom of this and we really analyze where this is coming from, I mean, you're extremely (laughs) effective, and you've been extremely effective for basically Ari Melber's entire life. And what has happened is these people who have seen, you know, Nixon, Reagan, Trump, uh, if you look at those three individuals and your role uh, that you played with each of them, uh, those are three people who dealt death blows to the establishment. And they're the reason that this country is not completely destroyed right now. So if you really look at the, uh, if you want to call it the uh, the death star of the alignment of all of the military industrial complex and the political establishment, all these people. Uh, you have played a key role over the last several decades in preventing them from having total control over everybody in this country. And for that, just like Donald Trump, they're putting you through the ringer. And if they can't get you by a, a proceeding that I've, you know, dug into because I've, you know, we're. We have uh, certain reports that we've done on on what the Mueller investigation was and what they did to you. Um, if they can't get you by hook and crook, which they tried to do and almost were successful in doing, uh, they'll simply sick their media dogs on you. And they will simply lie about you in hopes that you will be banned and you cannot respond. Uh, I've seen this before. You see an idea,
3: no matter how false, reaches critical mass on social media, specifically X. Uh, formerly known as Twitter, which is very powerful. Uh, And suddenly this becomes a factoid. It becomes the truth in certain demented people's minds. Uh, Then it uh, comes to the attention of some prosecutor uh, or someone with authority who begins to believe it is the truth, despite the fact that there's no evidence to support it at all. Uh, If you're just tuning in, I'm here with Troy Smith, uh, editor-in-chief of Rare.us. Yesterday was the deadline for Governor Ron DeSantis To remove his name from the March 15th uh, Florida primary ballot, Uh, he did not do so. That means that if he uh, suffers an ignominious defeat in Iowa uh, on January 15th, which I think is now likely, um, he cannot get his name off the ballot and he's likely to lose his home state primary to Donald Trump. By as much as 40 points. Uh, Ron DeSantis said some shocking things in his time uh, with uh, Jake Tapper last night, and we're going to talk about it when we come back from this commercial break.
0: This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com
3: This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua, made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. That's right, folks, MyPatriotCigars.com. Uh, if you order now, thanks to the fact that it's the holiday season, uh, and you use promo code STONE at MyPatriotCigars.com, you actually get a 25% discount off your purchase. This is, These are premium, long-leaf uh, Nicaraguan cigars uh, of the finest quality. There are four different uh, complexities, one for every palette. Uh, and the price, I assure you, is absolutely right. MyPatriotCigars.com. And please, when you go, use promo code STONE. All right. I want, uh, I want the uh, egregious conduct of Ari Melber to be clear to everybody. So we're going to go back and run that entire clip. Uh, and then Troy and I will uh, kind of finish that discussion and move on to the, the latest uh,
1: step in dog poop. Uh, by uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Let's roll it. Our top story, Special Counsel Jack Smith's breakthrough, as he tries to take a fairly assertive and proactive approach to prosecuting Trump for the coup. And this concerns a mystery surrounding Trump's actions during the January 6th. Plotting, the speech, the insurrection, and those long, tense hours when Trump stood by while his fans committed what is now a convicted sedition. Some of that is, of course, so well known that people look up and say, what are we still debating in court? I've told you before, the process takes time. But part of the process is getting more evidence and a better view of how this all went down, including potentially who Trump was talking to or messaging with, who he was communicating with as the sedition unfolded. We know Trump spent part of the time in his private White House dining room. We know that he watched the violence unfold on television. We know that during the period of that tense time, and you really have to bring yourself back to how it felt, no one knew how many people might die or who would be killed or how long it would take to get order again. But during that very period, he posted online on what was then called Twitter about condemning Mike Pence as his fans hunted Pence down. That's a lot of what's known. There's other things, though, we don't fully know. And that's because there is a seven hour gap in what are normally meticulous White House call logs, not on just any day, but on the obviously quite suspicious and now criminally investigated day of January 6th from, as you see here in this post report, around the 11 a.m. hour all the way up to about 7 p.m. Now, that has been something that many people have wanted answers to. Journalists research that kind of thing. People call each other. People ask questions. Sometimes you find a hint or a clue or a leak from people inside the White House. Why did the logs go missing? You may recall missing material was a big part of what ultimately undid the Nixon presidency in Watergate. Well, now there are clues. According to Jack Smith's new court filing, he has obtained... What one investigator in this area has called the holy grail of the evidence against Trump his own cell phone data. Let me repeat that. A lot flying around. This is the cell phone data of Donald Trump that may have clues about what he did do or didn't do or what he lied about on January 6th. This filing indicating they've extracted and processed data from the White House cell phones used by the defendant, that is, Defendant Trump. And the team reviewed and analyzed data on the defendant's phone and determined the usage of these phones through the post-election period, including on and around, and that's standard legal language, basically, they got him. They got the evidence for Jan 6, 2021. They've specifically identified, they write, periods of time during which the defendant's phone was unlocked and the Twitter application was open on January 6th. That's important, because you can imagine a defense where someone says politicians like the president have many people potentially tweeting or writing online for their behalf. Smith also states they have the phone data of an individual one, it's an anonymous individual. So experts say this is the kind of thing that can add to the evidence of what Trump did or didn't do, which can box him in. That goes to his public conduct, that he really did send out this or that message or tweet, and to his secret conduct of who he called and how long they spoke and who texted him and what he replied and what that says about the larger defense that he will try to make. Because if part of that defense is, hey, a lot was going on, or I didn't know this, or as soon as I heard there was violence, I did tell them to be peaceful, well, the evidence may say something different about those kind of claims. This could also show whether, quote, Trump personally approved or sent, as I mentioned, that very fateful tweet attacking Pence. That's how Politico puts it. The January 6th committee did not get this far. Indeed, in that final report, which we've discussed here and recently discussed with their vice chair, Cheney, the committee was clear that it was, quote, unable to locate official records of Trump's telephone calls that afternoon. And the witnesses asked about this, because this has been an area of quite a bit of investigative interest, either wouldn't answer in those depositions and hearings, or they would claim they had no idea.
0: So are you aware of any phone call by the President of the United States to the Secretary of Defense that day?
1: Not that I'm aware of, no.
0: Are you aware of any phone call by the President of the United States to the Attorney General of the United States that day? No. Are you aware of any phone call by the President of the United States to the Secretary of Homeland Security that day?
1: I'm not aware of that, no. Did you
0: speak to President Trump on his private cell phone on either January 5th or January 6th?
3: Uh, Once again, on advice of counsel, I will assert my Fifth Amendment right to respectfully decline to answer your question.
1: Let's walk through in plain English what we just saw there. The second clip is of a defendant, Roger Stone, who we've heard so much about, basically saying that to truthfully answer whether they spoke that day, him and the then loser of the 2020 election, outgoing President Trump, if he admitted or spoke about whether they had that contact, that could implicate him in a crime. That's not good, but as we've said, it's also his right in that kind of proceeding to invoke the Fifth Amendment. But that would go to him not wanting to say it. If there is enough phone data swirling around that Jack Smith has of the president's phone, the phones the president's used, or Roger Stone and others, they may be able to prove up that question in court without Stone's testimony. On the other side, we heard Liz Cheney's disembodied voice, the nature of the way they shot the deposition, asking the basic questions that you'd ask any commander-in-chief. Again, if the Capitol is attacked as a national security event, it is now, of course, as I mentioned, a convicted sedition. It doesn't matter who's doing the sedition. It's not supposed to, right? Could be a foreign terrorist group. Could be domestic terrorists. Could be people who claim that they support this or that politician or the sitting president. But it is a baseline obligation of the commander-in-chief to defend the country. Everybody knows that. And so what Cheney was illustrating there was the Lack of awareness, and thus the possibility that it didn't happen, that Trump ever lifted a finger to anyone, from the military to the attorney general to anyone, to try to defend the United States. Why? Because you don't defend, allegedly, against the sedition, insurrection, and attack that you yourself planned, started, and wanted. I say allegedly because, again, this is all going to be litigated by Jack Smith in the coup trial. Trump's lawyers say that he is innocent, he is legally presumed innocent, and they argue that calls or missing calls are not enough to prove the coup case. Now, Meanwhile, John Eastman, of course one of the architects of the coup, we do know the FBI long ago seized his cell phone in New Mexico. You've seen that video. This was long before his Georgia indictment. The feds were on him. We know Jeffrey Clark faced the feds in a lawful search, which was quite historic Also had Nixon-era echoes, because there you see the feds pulling him out in his pajamas of his home. Those are the same law enforcement officials for the federal government he used to oversee at the DOJ. They came to search his home under a lawful order, and they're going to find out what, if anything, is in that evidence. So what are on these phones? And what is the counter argument if you're pursuing this kind of case? So uh, to use Ari Melber's
3: own technology, let's break down what we saw there. I want to take a hot shower after I watch this guy. Uh, notice the supposition uh, that uh, that because Jack Smith acquired Trump's phone call uh, and the data of a telephone of another person, that person must be Roger Stone. Sorry, Melber, uh, no cigar. Never spoke to Donald Trump or any member of his staff on January 5th or 6th. Baseless conjecture. It's what's called a smear. This guy is literally the worst. Odious, I think, would be the best word. Troy, what do you think?
2: Well, Roger, I mean, uh, when we're talking about Ari Melbourne and MSNBC, uh, it's pretty clearly uh, politically biased what they're doing. And I think if you really delve into the information, there's no evidence to support any of the claims that he or David Kelly made. And in fact, Uh, you can actually look into the history of Ari Melber and David Kelly and find out they've done a lot worse stuff than you have. So uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sick. And I think, You know, overall, as we're going forward here, I think it's important for people to understand what they're getting from MSNBC. I think your viewers are keenly aware of that. But it's important to let your friends and families know, because some people watch this stuff and they think it's legitimate news. Uh, You know, for all the people in the mainstream media that cry about Fox News, really, if you watch Fox News, it's not really it's not like Trump, you know, 24 seven coverage. Uh, These people are part of the establishment. And so are MSNBC and cnn and and all these other networks but it's important for people to understand that when their family members and their friends are tuning into msnbc they're getting direct propaganda from the dnc and that's provable if you just look at what the dnc says and what msnbc says look at who they've hired over the last couple years it's a it's a revolving door of people from the biden white house the obama white house um it's 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 pretty unbelievable that they construe themselves as news and have the balls to sit there and attack fox news Uh, when they are a hundred times worse than Fox News ever was. Uh, All right, I think we have beat this topic up.
3: Last night uh, in the CNN town hall uh, with Jake Tapper uh, and Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis was asked uh, to name his favorite Florida Democrat. Here's what he said.
0: Who is your your favorite Democrat in Florida?
2: Democratic official, not just like... Guy, you know. But who's your favorite Democratic official in Florida? Oh man, you know, the minute I do that, then they're uh, they're all of a sudden well, going to ha- have. Give, uh, me, give me one who's in the top ten. I mean, so uh, so I appointed um, a-, a fella down as sheriff of Broward to replace Scott Israel, yeah, uh, who was you know he had a great life story. We put him in there, uh, Greg Tony.
3: This is absolutely mind blowing. Gregory Tony, the man who Ron DeSantis appointed sheriff of the largest uh, and best funded sheriff's office in the state of Florida, lied on his applications for that appointment about being tried for both murder and drug dealing in Philadelphia. Uh, He only became a Democrat after he was appointed. Uh, He is a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Laura Loomer uh, found this incredible video and posted it on her Twitter feed. Let's roll that.
1: Once you start giving it a
3: treatment, it'll get immune to it. Mm-hmm. And you gotta try something else to feel like so, man, I think protest music is Amen. important. I think that YG was a genius. Eight minutes. Eight
0: minutes. George had a knee on his neck.
3: Where, uh, where your roles at? Where your backbone? Where your code at? Where your dance is day one, real bros at? What them stories that you telling on phone at? Where your heart? We all sold that. We got old school ways, we expose that. Ain't no guarantees, but you know that. Die every day can't control that. Uh, there you have uh, Democrat Sheriff Gregory Tony taking a knee uh, alongside Black Lives Matter. Now, his chief executive officer at the Broward County Sheriff's Office is a radical uh, Islamic member of care uh, who uh, is associated with a mosque in the western part of the county. Uh, So you not only have uh, Gregory Toney's lying on his applications for appointment, uh, but you also have his political affiliations. Now, this guy doesn't have an amazing life story, He's a disgrace. Uh, Troy, correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't several investigative bodies examined uh, Sheriff Tony and recommended uh, that he be terminated? Uh,
2: yes, Roger, and uh, it's gone as far. Uh, you have the F- Florida Department of Law Enforcement who has investigated Tony, and uh, they've they've found probable cause that he committed perjury on his applications. Um, people have to understand here that Gregory Tony has <laughs> a 14 year old uh, kid went into his house. Now, this is from an eyewitness account, Roger. So this is not me making something up. I read the account. This guy comes into, uh, this guy gets into a fight in the street, Gregory Tony. He runs back into his house after the individual he challenged to a fight did not accept. And he shoots, uh, he comes back out brandishing his father's pistol and shoots the individual six times. Um, After the, the shots rang out, Tony takes off. Um, and he was uh, charged with murder. They they actually went through the court and everything. And I think it's important for people to understand this is somebody who Ron DeSantis, uh, app- not only appointed, but has failed to take action on. And when we say failed to take action, the, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement found that he committed perjury on his forms. There's probable cause, and there's a hearing set for that. Now that hearing was supposed to take place in October of 2023, but subsequently it's been pushed to, uh, February of 2024, so that's coming up. But the the state ethics commission also found probable cause that he lied on his uh, forms when he was trying to get into the office. And I think you know, I think it's important for people to know. DeSantis describes it right there. He appointed Gregory Tony, which means that, and, and people must know, he fired Scott Israel. So he fired Scott Israel. He has the power to fire a Broward County Sheriff. Absolutely. Uh, Several state boards have have confirmed that this guy committed perjury, lied about a murder charge in his past, and a drug charge, and a weapons charge. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. And Ron DeSantis goes up there and says that he's his favorite Democrat official in the state of Florida. And, and Roger, it's it's even more unbelievable than that, because doing this report uh, and, and looking into this for this show here, I think what I've, I've seen is like, it. You, you look at Ron DeSantis, he in the past has claimed, I don't know Gregory Tony. He actually said, I, and I quote, he's not my sheriff. I don't know the guy. He said that in the past, and then for him to come out and admit on the CNN town hall that this guy is his quote, favorite Democrat in the state of Florida, reveals that DeSantis is aware of exactly what's going on with Tony uh, and he's simply ignoring it he has the power to fire this guy why hasn't he done it
3: well and now you add to it uh, let's be because we want to be fair uh, sheriff Tony was acquitted of murder uh, on a yeah. self-defense uh, a defense strategy also acquitted uh, for dealing drugs the Broward bulldog which is a left-wing website certainly no friend of mine they've actually defamed me numerous times, uh, but they actually did some excellent reporting on this, raising serious questions about the validity uh, of those uh, judicial decisions. Uh, but politically, uh, he has been a supporter of Black Lives Matter. We just showed you, you him taking a knee with Black Lives Matter. Uh, he, is, uh, a, a, he attended uh, a, a, a radical Muslim uh, meeting pertaining to 9-11. Uh, I can't imagine what's going through the governor's mind, although former Senator George, the little Frenchman Lemieux, a man appointed to the U.S. Senate and then ignominiously dumped from the U.S. Senate, uh, and Sean Strum, former chief of staff for Governor DeSantis, both ostensibly Republicans of the rhino variety, are actively raising money for the sheriff's re-election. Uh, now, is it because the Tallahassee lobbyists uh, hired by the Broward County Sheriff's Office are particularly close and influential with uh, Governor DeSantis. Is that why he remains in office when the State uh, Ethics Commission recommends your termination and the governor takes no action? uh, When FDLE completes the investigation ordered by Governor Rick Scott, uh, pardon me, uh, ordered by Governor DeSantis and determines that that tony without any question lied on his applications uh, you have to wonder why this guy is even still there Uh, to try to round this out yesterday the 12th uh, was the deadline for governor DeSantis uh, to remove his name from the florida primary ballot now the primary is not until march uh, but uh, the iowa caucuses which i think are going to uh be the final kind of uh, ring of the bell, as it were, for the candidacy of Ron DeSantis comes up uh, on January 15th. I read the New York Post this past weekend that DeSantis is confidently predicting victory. Uh, Let's define what victory is. Victory is coming in first. Victory is coming in ahead of President Donald Trump. And that is highly improbable. Uh, and extraordinarily unlikely. In fact, if I were running Ron DeSantis's campaign, uh, which has been a dumpster fire from the very beginning, um, I'd be more concerned with the woman climbing up my back because Nikki Haley uh, it does have forward momentum. Uh, and I think there's a high probability that she could uh, pass uh, Governor DeSantis. Yesterday, she got the endorsement of uh, one of the more odious rhinos. Uh, that would be Chris Sununu. I knew his father, John Sununu. There's a famous saying, Will Rogers never met John Sununu. He was a pathological liar, extraordinarily arrogant Rhino in his own right. Uh, But I'd be concerned about that. uh, If I were Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, to the extent that anyone has a momentum in this race, Donald Trump has huge momentum. He continues to increase his leads. But Nikki Haley is on the move. I think she will pass. Ron DeSantis, but the gap between her and President Trump will still be 30, 40 points. Uh, I'm Roger Stone. This is The Stone Zone. We're here with Troy Smith from rare.us, and we'll be right back.
0: Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back the my pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft
1: and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that?
0: Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that my pillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The my pillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last my pillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night i look forward to going to bed and i wake up well rested in the morning sleep is all about temperature and height my pillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is going to give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed and now here's where it gets even better we've all experienced those temperature related sleep interruptions where you get too hot you toss and turn you flip your pillow over to the cool side Well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature-regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece my towels for only $29.98, or rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper as low as $99.99, or how about my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last.
3: So uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, MyPillow.com, the very best place to do all of your Christmas shopping. Uh, you can go to 1-800-544-8939. Let me say it again, so you've got time to grab a pen or a pencil, 1-800-544-8939, or you can go to mypillow.com. And when you do, it's vitally important that you use promo code STONE. Uh, And right now, uh, Mike Lindell has put on a a special where all of the delivery will be free. That's right, you pay no shipping costs, uh, and that is through I think it is December 15th. So take advantage of that great offer. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONE. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you order the great MyPillow dog beds or the MyPillow uh, pet blankets uh, or the MyPillow all season slippers uh, or the, uh, the uh, waffle blankets uh, or the uh, or the towel set uh, or the men and women's bathrobes there are many many great products perfect for christmas uh, at mypillow.com so you can help uh, mike lindell the country's leading proponent for free speech election integrity and the us constitution you can help us here at uh, frankspeech.com you can help us at lindelltv1 uh, you can help us here at the Stone Zone. Uh, please uh, go to My Pillow right now, uh, or as soon as the show's over, it would be even better. Uh, and use promo code Stone for all your Christmas shopping needs. God will bless you for us for it. Uh, so we are still here with Troy Smith. Troy, you did some great research on who exactly is financing Nikki Haley's uh, campaign, uh, and uh, there's a lot of Trump-Haley ticket talk, which I'm not too fond of. First of all, if Donald Trump ever selected Nikki Haley as his vice president, uh, he'd need a food taster. But but secondarily, I don't think you can uh, take somebody for vice president whose views are so uh, diametrically opposed to yours. Uh, Bird brain, as he affectionately calls her, uh, is an unreconstructed, uh, bushy, a neocon she's anxious to get into as many foreign wars as we possibly can whether we are our inherent national interests are involved or not uh, troy who's financing nikki haley's uh, come from behind in terms of beating ron DeSantis juggernaut
2: uh well it's it's very important for people to understand that uh the funding for nikki haley's campaign comes through several different avenues uh, and the main one seems to be this thing called the sfa fund which is a PAC. Um, that's donating pretty much exclusively to Haley. And you can look at that. And uh, the top donor to this uh, organization or PAC, whatever you want to call it, is uh, donated $5 million. It's a, uh, a man that was born in Kiev, a key ally of uh, Zelensky, who was just in D.C. Uh, this week. Uh, and, and this individual is the founder of WhatsApp. Now, he is Ukrainian, so I believe it's pronounced Jan Koum. And if you look at uh, this individual, it's J A N K O U M. You can look him up. He's the founder of WhatsApp, and he came to this country uh, when he was 16 years old. Made billions of dollars. This man is worth 15.7 billion dollars, estimated in 2023. So we're talking about a very rich individual. He has donated five million dollars, two and a half million dollars, two separate times uh, to the SFA fund and Nikki Haley. Uh, so Roger, when you're when you're talking about a possible Trump Haley ticket. Uh, Nikki Haley is being financed by people who want to prolong conflicts around the globe. And and I cannot imagine a a policy position that is more diametrically opposed to that of President Trump. Um, though Haley might be pulling uh, votes from, uh, you know, and and that's an important thing to remember here too, Roger. We're talking about polls here. There haven't been any votes cast and for all the hype of Nikki Haley, you know, I think that there's a certain uh, part of the Republican voter base right now that is just completely anti-Trump and they're looking for anybody. And I guess right now, Nikki Haley, I mean, when you compare it to DeSantis and Chris Christie, I guess she's looking pretty good. Um, So if you're in that camp and you hate Trump and you're just looking for somebody to support, you support Haley, but that support's not gonna carry over. There aren't people out there that are so enthused and excited about the Haley uh, candidacy. And I, I think what I'm seeing instead, one, you have people who hate Trump and will just donate to anybody in order to try to derail his campaign. And that's not working because he's up 40 points at least. And, uh, or you have people that are part of the military industrial complex or are involved with the Ukrainian conflict, like Kuhn here. Um, And and it's important for people to realize, Boeing, military industrial complex, Nikki Haley, they're all in bed together. This is who is funding her campaign. And it's no uh, coincidence that people involved with Ukraine and this number one philanthropist of the Ukrainian government during the Ukraine war. I mean, Roger, it's gone as far as people have called the Ukraine war the WhatsApp war. This guy is so financially invested in the Ukrainian war effort. Um, The fact that he's sending money to Nikki Haley, I think, tells you everything you need to know about her candidacy and where she would take this country if she were to take power. Uh, George Bush in heels, I think, is an understatement.
3: Uh, am I correct also that she'd received substantial funding from Reed Hoffman? Uh, uh, yes, I, and that's interesting because Reed Hoffman is the man who financed the uh, sexual assault case that was brought by this woman, E. Jean Carroll, uh, in New York. Now, uh, that was a civil case. Uh, Trump was convicted. Uh, he has steadfastly denied ever knowing the woman. She had a hard time remembering when this happened, uh, but she had a pretty graphic memory of how it happened. Uh, this looked to me like a fugazi from the beginning, but she didn't finance the case. It was it was financed by uh, Nikki Haley's money man, Reed Hoffman. How incredibly strange.
2: Well, and if you add JP Morgan CEO, uh, Jamie Dimon in there, uh, Roger, you have a trifecta of donors that really don't represent anything that the Republican voter base stands for or believes in. Um, And I think that's really, you know, Roger, it's really concerning to me to look at the the influence of the Democrats and, and their establishment allies in the Republican Party. Because, you know, although Haley doesn't have a chance, we're talking millions of dollars that are flying around here. And I think you know, as 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 we move forward in this movement and we're looking at people and we're looking at candidates and things of that nature, it's a very important for people to understand that Donald Trump is the exception to the rule. And the rule is that every politician is bought and paid for. Um, and even though we've had years and years of Trump now, uh, he really stands as the only person of integrity, of, of, of 100% integrity that has stood against this system at every turn. So it's not that Oh, we need to move on from trump or or oh oh we have to you know trump might not win us the election no trump is the exception to the rule of dc corruption and the only way that we can move forward as a country and get away from the foreign wars and the things that have been bankrupting and destroying our country over the last several decades is for us to uh, stand behind president trump and to stand behind most importantly his message and that is america first and if you look at nikki haley it's america last All right. Unfortunately, Troy, we
3: are out of time. I want to thank Troy Smith, the editor-in-chief at Rare.us for joining us today. I am, of course, Roger Stone. Uh, You are not going to want to miss my WABC radio show this weekend where Tucker Carlson joins us. That's from four to six at WABCradio.com. Don't forget to put it in your calendar now. I'm Roger Stone. This has been the Stone Zone. God bless you and Godspeed.
0: Godspeed. Or get your very own My Pillow bed sheets for as low as twenty-four ninety-eight. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your
1: shopping done now while quantities last.